Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Heartbeat Show podcast. Thanks for being here today. My name is Tim Hart, the branch manager of Van Dyke Mortgage, and of course, the host. Uh, today, I got a friend of mine from Delutri Law Group. He is the owner of Delutri Law, Law Group, uh, Carmen Delutri. I've uh, been seeing in the news a lot of um, talk about credit card debt and other things like that. Um, so, uh, he does bankruptcies, and I thought it'd be a good time to uh, have a discussion with him about the bankruptcies, differences between Chapter 7 and Chapter 13, what debts can be included in the bankruptcies. So uh, we had a good conversation. So if you know anyone that um, wants to learn more about bankruptcies or uh, maybe is struggling financially, forward this over to them, guys. It'll help them out. There are solutions for them. So again, Make sure you please like, share, and subscribe to this podcast. I'd appreciate that. Also, um, share it with someone that may need this help. So, guys, here's the episode with myself and Carmen. Hope you enjoy it. Welcome to the Heartbeat Show podcast with Tim Hart, talking mortgage, real estate, and whatever else is happening in our Southwest Florida community and around the world. Enjoy the show. Hey guys, thanks for being here. Uh, today, got a uh, basically famous, whether he knows it or not, uh, here in Fort Myers. We have Carmen Delucci from Delucci Law Group. Carmen, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing great, Tim. Thanks for having me on today. I appreciate it. You got it, man. You got it. So before we get into our topic, um, Carmen, you know, I got a lot of mutual friends that work over at your law firm, gotten to know them. Shout out to Casey and Kelsey and my boy Dave Lampley over there. Uh, that wild man, Joe LaTempo, you got. So you got some uh, good people over there. But for those of the people out here that don't know you, fill them in on uh, what you do. Okay. Well, basically what I tried to do 20 years ago when I started practicing law is build a consumer-based law firm. And when I say consumer-based law firm, we want to help people with what their, their most common needs. So some of them are financial and some of them are after a car accident. But we're not, um, I wouldn't consider myself a general-based law firm we really specialize in helping people with financial problems and physical injuries. Okay, so you're, so then definitely bankruptcies, but then personal injury as well? Oh yeah, absolutely. I've been doing that for 22 years. Cool, okay. So what we're gonna get into, Carmen, and the reason I reached out to you, um, besides being well-respected in the industry, you also specialize in bankruptcies. And you know, my business and the mortgage business, I see it, um, you know, we deal with all credit types uh, you know, out there. And, you know, potential bankruptcies, past bankruptcies, you name it. And I've been seeing a few more articles creep up uh, out there. You can't hide from it. Uh, credit card debt um, is, you know, going through the roof. Um, seeing also, you know, student loans, uh, another huge issue out there. And so I thought it'd be a good idea since we both went through the financial crisis here, right, like in 08. Um, to really just anyone out there is looking to learn more about bankruptcies, not even how to file them, but also the options. And then how do we prevent them at the end? So like, you know, I want to get into that as well. Um, so does that make sense to you, Carmen? Absolutely. Yeah. So let's get into first off with the bankruptcies, uh, cause you see so many of these, what are the, what are the normal causes for the bankruptcies? The most frequent ones you see? There's usually about four causes that are the most frequent we see. And that's one is divorce. When okay. both parties, you know, now have to, instead of living as a family unit, now they each have their own living expenses. 
um, death in the family, which is unfortunate, but it happens, overspending, and loss of a job or loss of one income in the household. And, you know, there's a fifth one, medical bills, but that's not as prevalent as a lot of people in the media have made it out to be. But well, it's, it's medical, medical is not. I don't think so, no. I've seen a lot of people with medical debt, but when you look at the top causes of a bankruptcy filing, sometimes it's medical and sometimes it's not. Okay. Now, it's, not a huge, it's not a huge factor in Southwest Florida. Okay. Interesting. I, I really, you're right. Like the media, I, I definitely would have thought that would have been one of the major ones. So um, that's kind of interesting about the death of a spouse. So is it normally like the income producing spouse? Is that the problem? Yeah. Well, we see a lot of people who are in two income families. So if one day mom comes home and says, I lost my job today. Well, then that's half the, not maybe not half, but maybe 30 to 40% of the income if dad is the major spousal you know, support. But, right. that, but in the situation of a death, though, it's gone. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, sometimes and usually, unfortunately, there's not enough people with life insurance or enough life insurance to cover that need for that's going to extend beyond it. So, yeah, that that, you know, it's unfortunate, but it happens. Gotcha. So prevention number one, uh, don't die. Don't um, die. <laughs> don't die. Okay, it's never good for anybody, Tim. Never yeah, right. Anybody. You die, you're dead. You can't come back. Um, but for real, get life insurance. Um, yes. I'm just to pause right there for a second. I mean, it's not that expensive out there. Protect your family, man, and, and get that late, right. you know, set aside. Definitely. Yeah. Um, well, that's interesting. So we got divorce, death, uh, loss of job, overspending, and then sometimes medical. Right. Okay. Um, so with the I mean, the, the kind of where we're probably leaning towards go, taking this conversation is with the overspending, right? You know, or you know, something of that nature. So, like, what are some of the debts that can be included, or that cannot be included? I'm sorry. What are some of the debts that cannot be included in a bankruptcy? Okay, when you're looking at a bankruptcy situation, you got to look at the whole overall picture, kind of like you do when you're doing a mortgage. You, you need to see everything. You need to see all the wheels, the balls in the air, and the wheels spinning. So the first thing you have to do is really look at those debts which cannot be included. And that's where I'm glad you're starting there. Recent IRS debt. So if you're a small business guy and you don't pay your 941s, that's your employee withholding. That's huge. And that's not going away. Re but you said recent IRS debt. Recent IRS debt. So if you there's a test in the bankruptcy code, five-part test to determine whether or not your debt, your IRS debt is dischargeable. But let's say you've owed the IRS for 15 years and you've just been paying on it, paying on it, paying on it, and all your tax returns were timely filed. Um, you've just been paying on it for a long time. Those debts probably are dischargeable. So a lot of people think that the IRS, oh, it's the IRS and I've got to pay them. That's not always true. But it's recent IRS debt that you've incurred that would be non-dischargeable. Same thing goes with alimony. If you have an alimony payment or child support, unless we can fit it into one of the exceptions, but those are really some of the big ones that we see that are non-dischargeable, along with the real big elephant in the room, and that's the student loans. Now, again, yeah. we're, chipping, we're chipping away at the student loan issue, but it's still the big elephant in the room. So, and you, I mean, I know, man, in my, my business, we, we've been dealing, student loans is becoming 
more and more of an issue when you're out trying to qualify. And for someone out there just watching us and wondering what happens with the mortgage side of it is, um, you know, student loans, which it's not uncommon, 60, 80, 100 grand, you know, these loans that people come in and they want to buy a home. Well, because their student loans are deferred, they think that we don't have to count any kind of monthly payment, you know, against their mortgage. And it doesn't work that way. Uh, FHA, conventional, all of them make you count some kind of payment. It's usually 1% of the balance towards their monthly payment. $100,000 loan, you're paying $1,000 a month. And that's what we have to qualify with. And it usually, it can kill deals right on the spot. Oh, I'm sure. So, I'm what, sure. What, so how do people handle the student loan debt with, with, uh, with the bankruptcy then? Well, the student loans under the bankruptcy code are treated as unsecured debts. So they're treated just like credit card debts, medical bills, personal loans, um, gas credit cards as unsecured, meaning there's no collateral securing these loans. So when we look at the priority of payments and what exactly gets uh, discharged and not discharged, the student loans are treated like, I, it's hard to say, they're treated like unsecured debts, so they get the same treatment. So for example, if a person files chapter seven, and there's no assets to distribute because there's no money available for anybody. They file chapter seven, they're liquidating their estate. Nobody's getting paid. Student loans don't get any money, but at the end of the case, the student loans kind of survive the discharge. So then after they're discharged, they come see you. I've got $100,000 in student loan debt. And guess what? You're telling them, well, that's $1,000 a month of payment I've got to put in there. Mm -hmm. And I still, you still don't qualify for a, um, a home loan. So that's yeah. unfortunate. Now, there are some student loans, which appear to be student loans, which are really not student loans. So it's very critical when somebody goes to see bankruptcy attorney that they're getting the right opinion on student loans. Because just to couch everything in those terms of everything's a student loan, that's not true. And people got to be really careful because a lot of people are paying on student loans, which could have been discharged in the bankruptcy if their attorney knew what he was doing or she. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, yeah, it's a huge, huge, huge issue right now. Oh, I bet. I bet, man. And so I'm curious um, if you have any insight on what do you think, do you, do you know what the student loan like total debt is in the country, right? It's like, a is it a trillion? Oh, it's like 1.4 now. 1.4. Okay. So 1.4 trillion. Yeah. God. So like, what do you think is going to happen down the road with this? That's a great question. You know what? We get asked this a lot by students, you know, should I, bet. I, should I take out federal student loans, which are clearly non-dischargeable, meaning they're going to survive, or should I take out the private loans? And maybe Congress one day will make those private loans dischargeable so I can get rid of them. So if you're in college right now, there's no easy answer. Should I take out federal loans or private loans? And if you're going to law school or graduate school or even medical school, which loans do you take out? And there's no easy answer right now because Congress is not hinting one way or the other. Now, over the past couple of years, there have been attempts, and there's an attempt right now in Congress to try to get student loans declared non-dischargeable or to get them so you can repay them in bankruptcy along with um, the, the programs that are out there. For example, when you go to studentloan.gov, there are student loan programs out there. So let's say for, I mean, we're getting way too complicated on this and I don't know if that's where you want to go, but this, there's a lot going on with student loans right now in what we do. So if yeah. somebody has a student loan problem 
and they want to qualify for a mortgage, the first thing they got to look at is whether or not it's dischargeable in a bankruptcy. Because if it is, and we can get rid of it in a bankruptcy, then you're the next step. I want to get a house. Right, right. Yeah, I just it'd be it's kind of just interesting outside looking in, see how that plays out with student loans. Right, right. Um, it is. It's crazy. So you you led me to another uh, question, which probably sh I should have asked you first, and that is um, chapter seven, chapter thirteen. So right. uh, explain the differences to us. Okay, great. The student when you're dealing with a, a consumer debtor, meaning an individual, not a business, there's two chapters under the bankruptcy code which an individual can file. Chapter seven which is the most common across the nation, which is a straight liquidation bankruptcy. Basically, a person goes in and says, here's my income, here's my expenses, here's my assets, and here's my debts. And then the court throws all the cards on the table, kind of pushes them around a little bit, and says, okay, here's what we got to deal with. Chapter 13 is a little bit different. In a chapter 13, the person going to the bankruptcy court is trying to save something. And that's the easiest way to explain it. Sometimes they're trying to save their own butt from the IRS hey, I owe the IRS 50 grand, it's not going away, and I need to pay it back, and I just need some breathing room. And the Chapter 13 allows them to pay back that uh, IRS debt. It also allows somebody who's behind on a mortgage to catch it up over time or to modify that mortgage if they need to modify it. Mm -hmm. So if a person's losing their home in the foreclosure process, we file a Chapter 13, and the Chapter 13 stops the foreclosure and gives that person an opportunity to modify the mortgage or to catch up the arrearages, or to figure out some plan to help them save their home. We've even got banks now who are coming to us saying, look, after 12 payments, we'll refinance that mortgage, or we'll help somebody get into a house during the Chapter 13 process, which I think is great. Dur oh, dur during the BK, they'll do yeah. that. Yeah, that they're doing that. So there's programs now coming out because you think about it, you take all those people out who filed bankruptcy out of the marketplace, and say, no, you can't, you can't get a house because you're not eligible. Well, that's too many people. We've got too many houses and not enough people buying them. Mm -hmm. So you got to get those people back into the market to buy those homes. Well, plus the, the bank, the lenders don't want to take the beating on it anyways, you know, exactly. for the loss. That's what I think a lot of people think that the lenders want to foreclose. And that's not true. You know, I don't that. need to do it all, right? No, there's no benefit to them unless the loan is secured. Uh, or is, is, is insured and they're going to get full value down the, you know, now, as opposed to waiting three years and hoping they get some value later. Right. Right. Hoping. Hoping. Yeah. Yeah. And we, we, we know lenders don't want risk. So they just rather yeah. get steady, steady money. And that's it. Yeah. Um, well, we got, you know, the chapter 13, chapter seven. So that was a good explanation about chapter 13. Good. Um, what do you think people out there, and I think someone watching this would probably be more on the consumer side, not a, right. not a small business. So like, what are some steps that people can do to prevent uh, going into bankruptcy? Maybe if they, they sense it, you know, like how you can kind of say like, oh man, I'm, I'm kind of going down the wrong path or financially. What, what are some things that you guys see that saves a day for them? A great question. I think when you, come to the realization that this may be in your future, that's the time to sit down with one of the attorneys and say, help me with my plan. I mean, here's the road I'm on. What do I need to do to change it? And it's better to establish the relationship with a bankruptcy attorney before you need them and not wait till the last minute. 
because if you wait till the last minute, there were things we could have done which helped them establish or plan for the bankruptcy if it's inevitable, or things to get them on a different path so that the bankruptcy becomes not necessary. And so I, you got, do you guys have those type of people come in or where like they sit with you and you're like, you don't need to do bankruptcy, just do this and this? Yeah, half the people who come to see me never have to file bankruptcy. And I think that's a common misconception because when people come in, they're dreading it. They're thinking, oh my God, I'm, you know, I can't believe I'm here right now. And I look at them and say, I would never file bankruptcy for you. I would never do it. It's insane. Don't do it. And they look at you like, what? You're a bankruptcy attorney and you're telling me not to file? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, think about this. And I talked to a gentleman the other day. Now, he was a small business owner. He came in thinking the world was over. And I said to him, yeah, you're not doing this. And he's like, really? I thought I had to. And I was like, no, no, no. I don't know where you got your advice from, but that's the worst advice you could ever have. And let me show you why. And I showed him five reasons why bankruptcy would be the worst option. So then his next thing was, okay, great. What do I do? And I said, here's where I want you to focus. I'll give you, get back to me in 30 days and see. And I, that was it. And again, I didn't charge him for that. It was a free consultation. But I said, in 30 days, your picture is going to look totally different. Get back to me. Maybe there's something we can do to help you. Maybe not, but at least I'll let you know. And he was like, great. There's nothing I can, you know, he was elated. But those who do have to file bankruptcy, there are still strategies they can put in place to protect their assets or some of their assets going forward, assets that should have been protected but never were. Can, can you uh, go a little deeper on that? Sure. One of the best assets or best things for a married couple to do in the state of Florida is have their assets together, but their debts separate because Florida recognizes something called tenancy by the entireties. Now, I could say you're wearing a wedding ring, you're married. Okay, how long have you been married for? Since 2006. Okay, so that's 12 years. So there's a presumption in the state of Florida that as a married couple, you're going to acquire assets as a married couple for the benefit of the marriage, okay? But if you keep your debts separate, your creditors can't come after that marital property. So let's say, for example, you got a Visa card, it's $50,000 and they want to sue Tim. Now your wife, she never signed that Visa application or she never had a Visa credit card. So they can't touch her stuff. Under Florida law, they can't touch anything that you've acquired in the past 12 years for the benefit of the marriage. Because it's not Tim property, it's not wife property, it's a marital property. Does that make sense to you? We got yeah. three entities. You got the, the wife, the husband, and the, and the marriage. Mm -hmm. That's why you can keep your debts separate, assets together. So let's say you bought a car, and the car is, uh, sorry, the car is, you bought it in 07, and it's got Tim and his wife as husband and wife on the title. Now it's paid for, for 30 grand, but you get sued by Visa. Can Visa touch the car? No, it's a marital asset. It's off the table. But they can come after Tim's personal bank account. They can come after Tim's jewelry. They can come after Tim's um, you know, gun collection because you put those in your name only. Mm -hmm. So you, what you want to do as a married couple is get the benefits of being a married couple. But you can keep your debts separate. Now that may not work for a mortgage, you know, a promissory note that you signed to buy a house, but only that creditor can go after those marital assets. You see what I mean? Yeah, so I got you. If you and your wife both sign for the visa card, 
and it was a co-debt, then they can go after the marital assets. But for purely financial planning purposes, and even this works even for small businessmen, if you're gonna start a business, make sure that your wife, that my wife would not be included in the business or on the business debt. Don't let her co-sign anything. That protects her property and it protects all your marital property. It's right off the table. Now the only thing they come after is me and my personal property if everything goes downhill. So you, I, and my, my thing is you've got to plan for this stuff because if you're not planning for it, you could be risking your wife's assets and your future. Mm -hmm. So you got to really think about it. And these are all moves that they can make before you guys these are, file. Yeah, this is, that's, if you plan it, done it right, it's good to have. But there's also your 401k is protected. Social security benefits are protected. IRAs are protected. So you've got to look at those assets and say to somebody, and that's what the gentleman I was talking about before, the small business guy, mm -hmm. he had a lot of money in an IRA. And he was worried he was going to lose it all. And I'm like, the only way you lose it is if you liquidate the IRA and put it in your bank account. Don't do that. And he was like, okay, I'm going to stop that right now. And I said, that would have good. Yeah. But I'll, here's the problem. When you wait too long, perfect idea. I, I saw a gentleman in Port Charlotte several years ago, and he burned through in the housing crisis, $2 million of retirement income trying to save houses. Came to me when all that money was gone. Had he come to me at the beginning, we could have saved that $2 million, got rid of all the houses, but he, keep, he kept adding fuel to the fire, hoping things would turn around. Right. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah, yeah. No, it happens all the time. You know, That's just, great. You think it's going to turn, turn around or think you're a Superman with it. And before you know it, it's too late. Well, you, um, you know, there's, and again, Tim, here's the thing that I, that I remember. It's good to have, you know, pride. And it's good to have you know, the ability to work and make money and try to pay your debts. But when you jeopardize your family's future, you've really got to call into question if pride is more important than the future. And that's the hard line. I don't make that decision for my clients. What I do is give them options. Some people say to me, Carmen, you know, you're telling me it's a good thing to file bankruptcy for my financial future, but I just can't do it on the inside. I get that. I get that completely. I'm not here to change somebody's, you know, pride and future. I don't get, I don't do that. What I do is present them with the best financial planning options for them. And then they get to make the decision. You said, does that make sense? Yeah, you know, no doubt. Yeah. And I can see the, um, so is one of the biggest issues for people not coming in to see you pride? I think so. I, I definitely think so. Yeah. I, I give you, if you got a minute, I give you a great example. Go for it. One night I'm sitting there and I'm talking to these people. It's about six o'clock at night and I'll never ever forget this about six o'clock at night husband and wife are sitting there and you know they're just great people just super nice people and the husband's telling the story and the wife's sitting there patient and the husband's like well you know we have a few financial problems we have a couple creditors one's you know threatening me with a lawsuit and when he gets done the wife's sitting there and she's like tapping the table she's ready to she's ready to pounce and she's looking at him like why don't you just tell him the truth why don't you tell him the truth we can't do this anymore Anyway, he gets done and she just, she blurts out. She, he went to the bathroom and she goes, I don't have nice clothes. I don't have jewelry. I can't deal with this anymore. I can't sleep at night. And we got to do something now. <laughs> and that's, that's really the vibe I get. Women are more open to talking about money. Women yeah. are more open to talking about their feelings and about their current situation. Guys stick their head in the sand 
somebody calls you up and says, Hey Tim, I'm going to sue you tomorrow. You're like, okay, whatever. Yeah. yeah. I'm a guy. I can deal with it. Bring it on and I'll deal with it. Women get scared. And that's why the debt collectors pick on them the most because they're the most vulnerable. They feel it. They, 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 they understand it. They want to pay the bills, but there's not enough money. And they really, they really emotionally, it gets to them. Cause I've always said bankruptcy is less about finances. It's more about emotion. And people have committed suicide over debt. They've lost families over debt. They've lost, you know, I, that to me is unacceptable. Unacceptable. When I got married, I made a commitment to my wife for better or for worse. Well, if you have a financial problem, you deal with it. I don't care about your pride. Man up and deal with it. And at least listen to your options. Don't avoid the attorney's office because of pride. That's crazy. Yeah. And, and then also the, um, I mean, I, I've experienced it, the stress of, uh, you know, holding it in and, and yep. constantly, you know, dealing with it, thinking that I'm going to get, I'm going to get us out. I'm going to, I'm going to do this. I'm going to, this is going to break over here, you know, and like that whole thing. And you got to look at the health aspect as well for some people. It'll kill them. It does. It does. It, and it's the worst thing you can possibly see. I'm, I'm telling you. And then after the problems alleviated, they are the most grateful people in the world. And that's when they admit, man, this stress was killing me. Mm -hmm. And now, now I can see further than I ever could before. Right. And again, gotcha. you, want, you know, you want them to focus on the future because the future's it's coming no matter what you do. And the question is, how are you going to take advantage of it? I mean, if I get a 30 year old couple and who can't afford a house right now, but if they can file bankruptcy, get rid of all that stupid credit card debt they incurred as kids. And now a couple of years later, they can rebuild their credit, come to you and get the house of their dreams and be able to afford it. Hello. Right. We've got, we've got a success case. Now, and you guys offer something um, that I know of, right? With people that file, go through bankruptcy with you uh, for, yep. for their credit. Yeah. We definitely want to help our clients reestablish their credit credit as fast as possible. Now, again, that applies to the majority of people who file bankruptcy because eventually you're going to want to buy a car. Maybe you're going to want to buy a house. Maybe you're going to want to buy an investment property, something out there. So our, one of our commitments to our clients is to give them every tool available after their bankruptcy case is over to help them reestablish their credit. And it's a series of emails, which if they implement one strategy a week, they're going to have a great credit again faster than they ever could without it. So I think it, I'm pretty happy and excited about it for our clients, but it's something that, you know, it's going to require a little bit of work on their behalf. It's not just going to happen on its own. Yeah. And if anyone's out there watching this right now, and you know you're concerned even if bankruptcy is not in your future but your credit's bad um you know i implore you work on it call me up let me leo let me look at it let me coach you on what to do i'll do it for free um man it's just carmen these people pay when you have that bad credit you you pay insurance rates interest rates denials uh the stress everything you know lower limits for whatever you need it's not that complicated to get your scores up a lot of times. And if you don't fix it now, it's going to stink a year from now and right. a year after that and so on. So be proactive with your credit and uh, be involved with it. Don't stick your head in the sand like Carmen mentioned right. earlier either. Well, just think about, you know, in your business, what does a 1% increase in an interest rate cost somebody over the life of a loan? Oh, no <laughs> doubt. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're – you're, yeah, you're, you know, depending on loan amount, 60, 80, 100 bucks a month, 200 bucks a month, you know, like it's it's nuts what they pay for over 30 years because of a yep. 
580 instead of a 740, you know? Right. I agree with you. It's crazy. And I want my clients to get the best rates possible. Amen. Amen. Well, Carmen, anything else you want to add to that? That was a lot of good information, man. That was good. This is, this is why I built that consumer-based firm because half the people who came to me when I first started practicing didn't need bankruptcy, but they, maybe they were being sued by a credit card company. So I figured out, I need to help these people. I better learn how to do this. And then you got the mortgage companies coming in and they're taking advantage of people and banks are taking advantage. And you're like, okay, well, how do I help them with this? And that's why some people needed one thing, but they talked to a friend of a friend and the friend said, well, you know, you probably need to file bankruptcy. Okay. Then they come in and get the information. Okay. okay. Or people who come to you and they say, you know, I probably don't qualify. And you're like, yeah, you do. I've got this program available from this lender and you do qualify. And they're like, right. oh, all right. I didn't know that. And yeah. How long have they been sitting on the sidelines waiting for that, the right bus to come by? You don't wait in this world. You go out and find out what you can do in the meantime, like fixing your credit. Rather than doing nothing, every weekend, do something. Take 10 minutes a weekend and say, what can I do to help my credit? Maybe I can read this book. Maybe I can write a letter to the Equifax saying, hey, Equifax, this is not my debt. But do something, get proactive, because if not, you know, 70 comes around too soon. I mean, all of a sudden you're looking back saying, you know, if I had done this, if I had done that, I never want that to happen to anybody. Life happens too fast. Amen, man. I turned 42 this year and I, my knees feel it. The memories, I'm like, God, it's flying. My hairline's feeling it. <laughs> Waistline. <laughs> I, I know the feeling. <laughs> Dude, you got a full head of hair, man. Don't be telling me that. I got, making me jealous here. Well, okay, Carmen. Here and not back here. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Don't show that one then. Um, well, dude, I appreciate the time. Uh, awesome. Please tell everyone out there where they can find you, you know, social media, your website. Uh, how can they get in uh, contact with you guys? Okay. It's uh, Carmen Delutri. Uh, it's a Delutri Law Group is our website. And uh, if you Google Delutri, D-E-L-L-U-T-R-I, I'll pop up. Uh, social media, we're all over it. Facebook, Twitter, just giving out good information, helping people. We don't ask for anything. We just, you know, engage with us. If you have a question, ask me. That's what I'm here for. I'm a resource. And if you ever need me, we give free consultations to anybody who calls. So it's not like it costs anything to come see me. Right. Yeah. And again, shout out to you guys. You do an awesome job. Been I appreciate heavily, heavily involved in the community as well. I know that. Um, by the way, your buyer, Little League Field, so I'm going to be hitting you up sometime soon for our, our <laughs> they, they're always looking for sponsors. Um, hit, up, hit up David. Yeah, okay. Oh, he, he's got a different league. He won't do it. He, we're in different okay. leagues. Never mind. I'm barking up the wrong tree. So, uh, but anyways, I do appreciate you. Thank you very much. You guys need something for bankruptcy advice or, you know, the personal injury stuff. Go see Carmen, his whole crew. They're great people over there. Um, and then, guys, please, if you know someone that maybe uh, is struggling financially, credit cards, student loans, the IRS, you name it, anything involved with bankruptcies, share this video with them. Share the podcast with them. Let them check it out. Let them learn a little bit. Reach, you know, get them in contact with Carmen so he can help them. And you guys appreciate you watching. Uh, Carmen, got anything else before we sign off? Uh, yeah, actually, um, if you want, anybody who wants a free book, I wrote a book on how to gain control of your financial future. If anybody wants a free book from your listeners, you tell them and they, they can email cbyrus at Delutri Law Group. We'll give it to them for free. You got How's a free that? book? All right. I'm going to take I'll send you that. one. Yeah, I'm on it, dude. All I'm right. on it. Now I got to read. Uh, <laughs> that's a good offer. 
So guys, hit him up for the free book. He's offering it. So uh, again, fellas, appreciate you guys watching. Thank you very much. Don't forget, like, share, and subscribe, our Facebook, YouTube, uh, podcast, et cetera. Appreciate you guys, and take care. Thanks again, Carmen. See you, man. Thank you. All right, guys, that was myself and Carmen talking about bankruptcies. Hope you uh, enjoyed it, got something out of it. If you need to give in uh, contact with Carmen, reach out to him, call him. Uh, he's all over social media as well. Follow him. He does personal injury uh, as well. Uh, if you need something in regards to a mortgage, you guys, give me a call. I'm always here to help you. Mortgage questions, uh, you want to get pre-approved to buy a home, refinance, debt consolidation, you name it. I'm here to help. Give me a call anytime, 239-910-5668. Or check us out on um, our website, timhartjr.com. Connect on social media, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram. We're all over the place. So, guys, appreciate you listening. Make sure you like, share, and subscribe to the podcast. Drop a review as well. And until next time, guys, keep on living the dream. Southwest Florida. See you later.